The Old Pilot's Plain Tales The Young Tiger Tanker Boys As the United States Air Force entered the jet age and took on the role of strategic nuclear strike in the mad era of mutually assured destruction, it became vital that support aircraft such as air refueling tankers were developed to match the capabilities of the new nuclear strategic bombers. In 1954, the Strategic Air Command held a competition for the next generation of tanker aircraft. Lockheed won the competition with a proposal for a tanker version of their new L-193 Constellation II airliner design. But as it turned out, since the Boeing Dash 8, the precursor to the Boeing 707, was already flying, some of those aircraft were converted to act as an interim measure. Despite the results of the competition, the Air Force Secretary took it upon himself to order 250 of these interim KC-135 aircraft and then drop the Lockheed version so that the USAF wouldn't have to support two separate tanker designs which put an end to the Constellation II. So much for the competition. Albeit based on a first-generation jet airliner, the KC-135 has served extremely well in its tanker role and has been successfully re-engined twice to improve performance and efficiency as well as receiving flight deck upgrades. It has also had improvements to its refueling system to increase compatibility with the United States Navy and many other Air Force's aircraft which employ probe and drogue refueling rather than the USAF's flying boom equipment. Despite the arrival of the KC-135's replacement aircraft, the troubled Boeing KC-46 Pegasus, after over 60 years, the KC-135 continues to serve and some airframes would be capable of doing so until at least 2030. Despite being procured to support SAC, it was in the late 1960s that the Strato tanker, as it's formerly known, came to the fore as a force multiplier in the Southeast Asian theater. The mid-air refueling of USAF and Navy fighters and bombers was vital to give the range and endurance that would allow massed aircraft formations to penetrate deep into Vietnam. However, once those formations were on their way into enemy airspace, the KC-135's duties were far from complete. They would be on station to assist the returning strike aircraft that otherwise might not make it back safely to their bases. The KC-135 had no offensive equipment and little or no defensive capabilities, so being such a vital asset, they were forbidden from entering the combat area. Not only that, but they were only authorized to give the allocated fuel amount to a receiver and never to an unauthorized aircraft, even if they were in desperate need. However, there were times the crew felt the situation was desperate enough to throw caution to the wind and deliberately put themselves in harm's way to save their fighter pilot brethren. 
These dramatic saves became so common that the word became synonymous with the actions of these brave tanker crews who had no ejector seats and flew what was little more than a modified airliner. Tactical support missions were codenamed Young Tiger, a very suitable name that reflected the attitude of the men on board the tankers. It is estimated that the Young Tigers managed more than 500 aircraft saves during the Vietnam War, delivering salvation to strike aircraft perilously low on fuel and unable to make it home. Ironically, many of those saves were never officially recorded simply because they occurred when the tankers left their assigned stations to enter enemy airspace in violation of standing orders. This was a kind of double jeopardy for the tanker crews who risked not only being engaged by MiG fighters and enemy missile systems, but then for being punished by the Air Force if they survived. The authorities were vigilant, and instances of Article 15s or worse for violation of the rules were not uncommon. For the uninitiated, Article 15 of the Uniform Code allows commanders to discipline those accused without resorting to a court-martial. Punishments could range from a reprimand to a reduction in rank, loss of pay or even prison. Over the years, however, the stories of some saves have become known and even recognised by the Air Force, and not just by those grateful fighter pilots who made it back safely. One such story involves a pair of F-105 Thunder Chiefs who had themselves been involved in a rescue of a downed F-105 pilot, a lieutenant who had spent a week hiding from the enemy awaiting help. They had been providing top cover for helicopters inbound, but were on their way home short of fuel. All had been going well until the first HH-43 Husky helicopter was forced to abandon the mission with a problem. That meant the number two Husky was also forced to pull out as they weren't allowed to go in alone. Below them were A-1 spads providing close escort to the helicopters but as they left the area, one was hit, catching fire and calling Mayday. Despite being very short of fuel, the pair of Thunder Chiefs returned to their combat air patrol in case the SPAD pilot was forced to bail out. The pilot put his damaged aircraft into a vertical high-speed dive, hoping to put out the fire, but just as easily the high speed could have caused the wing route where the fire was located to fail because of the weakened hot metal. He was lucky, however. The fire was extinguished. The two F-105s now had no fuel to make it home. They called for help, and eventually a KC-135 answered. The call went something like, Do you have any fuel for us? And the reply along the lines of, Not really, but it sounds like whatever we have, you need more than us. On board the tanker, the aircraft commander recognised that by going to the aid of these fighters, he and his crew would be entering the combat area and at risk of attack by Flack and Sams. He was also worried about the possible punitive administrative action that could follow, so he polled his crew, 
and they unanimously voted to go to the aid of the fighters. The tanker turned north to meet them. Being more manoeuvrable and with better visibility, normally the fighters will turn onto the tanker, but the wingman told his leader, Boss, I'm hurting. The leader knew their situation was desperate, as a wingman rarely dared to say anything. So they got the tanker to do the turn instead, the majestic KC-135 easing around just in front of the fighters as it descended down to their level. As the tanker rolled out, the first Thunder Chief flamed out, his fuel gone. To eject now would almost certainly mean capture by the Viet Cong and all that implied, but the boomer who guided the flying boom, told his pilot to push over into a descent, a manoeuvre called tobogganing. All checklists and preliminaries were put aside as the tanker captain jockeyed his big aircraft into position. On board the Thunder Chief, the pilot had extended his ram air turbine so that he could regain electrical and hydraulic power, but he was essentially a glider. They were both descending in a 10 or 20 degree dive in close formation and the boomer was directing both his pilot and the 105 pilot remembering that on the Thunder Chief the fighter's receptacle is behind the cockpit and he can't really see what's going on. With a practised hand that could only have been achieved after many hours of pumping gas the boomer stabbed the nozzle into the 105 and fuel gushed into the dry tanks. Still on the boom, the wingman tried an air start, which required the tanker to dive even steeper so that they could get enough airspeed, and with the lead Thunder Chief's engine chugging as it also ran out of gas, the wingman relit his engine and pulled off the boom to let the other aircraft take his place. Climbing back to altitude and now safe from danger, all three aircraft returned to the F-105 base since the tanker crew had given away so much fuel they couldn't actually return home. Safely on the ground, having saved both fighters, I'm sure the tanker crew were royally entertained at the bar that night for their awesome feat of aviation and I have no doubt that every pilot who hears this story will be left with tremendous respect for all involved. This was far from the only remarkable story to emerge from the Young Tiger missions over the Gulf of Tonkin. A KC-135 tanker, commanded by Major John H. Castile, once saved six Navy aircraft with a complex and totally unscheduled refuelling. The KC-135's original mission was to top up two F-104 Starfighters using a drogue adapter attached to the end of the boom that the probe-equipped F-104s required. Castile's tanker refueled the two F-104s and was then told of an emergency involving two Navy KA-3 whales, carrier-based tanker aircraft, which also used probes. The first whale had a fuel tank fault that prevented him from moving gas to the right place to feed his engines, and he only had three minutes of fuel remaining. 
the KC-135 hooked up with them and gave them both enough gas to get home when the crew were informed that two F-8 Crusaders were also on scene, short of fuel. One of them was down to his last 300 pounds, just over 100 litres. While the second KA-3 was still taking fuel from the KC-135, the whale deployed their refuelling hose, and the first crusader hooked up with the drogue just in time. In a three-aircraft daisy chain, fuel passed from the KC-135 to the KA-3 and on to the F-8, the first time in history that that had been attempted. With their count of saves up to four, Castile and his crew thought that they'd had a pretty productive day when two more customers pitched up. Two Navy F-4 Phantoms, both with insufficient fuel to get back to their carrier. Now it was time for Castile to get worried. With all the gas he had given away, he was getting pretty short himself. He and his navigator crunched the numbers and decided that so long as they set course for Da Nang, refueling the Phantoms en route, that they would have just about enough to help. When they touched down at their base, the tanker had barely 2,000 pounds, that's about one tonne of fuel left per engine. Having saved six aircraft in one mission, Four-man crew were awarded distinguished flying crosses for their actions and were later presented with the United States Air Force McKay Trophy for the most meritorious flight of the year, 1967. In the next story, it was an F-111 that called for help after being hit by a surface-to-air missile. The tanker crew heard their distress call. Mayday, mayday, mayday. On board the KC-135, the navigator, Jim Hickman, vividly remembers hearing the call as they were about to head for home after a successful day refueling fighters going into North Vietnam for a strike. The crew were all sharing looks and weighing up their options when Hickman suggested, Let's go and get them. Responding, they headed north into the combat zone, and after getting the location of the damaged F-111, they closed onto it. Once they could see each other, they gently turned south as the bomber pulled in behind the big aircraft. When they got into position, the boom operator made contact and started to pass fuel, which was when the damage done by the missile hit became apparent as gas began to gush out of the back of the bomber. The fuel leak was only part of the problem, as the F-111 was struggling to hold altitude, and without help, the crew were going to have to abandon their aircraft. In situations like this, the boomer in the KC-135 has a neat trick up his sleeve. He can toggle a claw on the end of the refueling boom that holds it in place, and with that engaged, the tanker is able to drag the receiver through the air. Locked together, the two aircraft staggered along with both pilots struggling to stay in control until at last they came within range of the F-111's base in Thailand. There they could safely decouple the aircraft 
and allowed the bomber to make his own way safely home. Years later, a similar feat would save the crew of an F-4 Phantom that suffered problems with both engines mid-Atlantic during a deployment. With an engine out and major hydraulic problems, the Phantom could barely stay airborne and it looked like they might have to eject over the icy waters below. Then the other engine began to fail. The F-4 was going so slow that the tanker had to lower its gear and flaps to match speed and to try to connect to the crippled fighter. As well as struggling to fly at such slow speed, the Phantom pilot couldn't turn right, but eventually the tanker was able to make contact and lock the boom into position. The decision was made to divert to Ganda in Newfoundland, and the KC-135 dragged the crippled fighter for 500 miles until it was able to get down safely. The crew of the tanker became another recipient of the McKay Trophy for outstanding achievement while on a routine refueling mission, saving a valuable aircraft from destruction and its crew from possible death. The work of the Young Tiger crews performed during the Vietnam War was monumental. With an average fleet of 88 tankers over a seven-year period, they performed nearly 180,000 missions, offloading 8.2 billion pounds of fuel. That's over 3,700 million tons. A staggering achievement, only surpassed by the hundreds of aircraft saves they achieved, preventing many of their fellow aircrew from falling into enemy hands. Plane Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy show. You can find out all about it at airlinepilotguy.com. And if you're listening to this, you'll already know Plain Tales is a standalone podcast. And as such, we're always looking for a little help. So if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice, we'd be very grateful.